Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Number 11 is where we're going to start this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, we've been working through... Uh, this uh, chapter in the book of Hebrews, of course, uh, usually and often referred to as the Great Hall of Faith. And uh, you can imagine going through a great hall of famous people. We have those uh, really all over the United States, uh, sports figures, entertainment stars, uh, and, and we call it the Hall of Fame. Um, and I don't think really any of these events that we've looked at throughout this chapter have been uh, new to anyone necessarily. Uh, maybe they have been, I'm not sure, um, but uh, definitely uh, being able to review these great events through God's Word uh, as we consider uh, what it's going to take to minister in a post-Christian culture. Uh, what we're finding, what I'm finding anyway, is it's going to take a tremendous amount of faith uh, to do that. And uh, we need faith uh, growing and increasing in our lives. And uh, last week, we looked at the faith of Moses. And we began in verse number uh, 24, where the Scripture says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of, the, of blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn, should touch them. We stopped there in verse number 28 last week, and we're going to pick up right here in verse number 29, continuing with the faith of Moses, where the Scripture says, By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, when the Egyptians, a saying, were or to do were drowned were drowned we come to this great great event in scripture known as the passing of the red sea the passing of the red sea and it says that it was by faith that moses along with uh all of the israelites passed through the red sea on dry ground now, leading up to this, if you want to, you can hold your spot uh, here in Hebrews chapter 11, and you can go back to the book of Exodus, and we'll begin in the 13th chapter. I want to point out a few things uh, to you, and then I'm going to bring you uh, up to where we're at here. Of course, the Passover, uh, the blood on the post we looked at last week was uh, the remainder of the 10 plagues that caused uh, Pharaoh to finally say, go. Moses had gone to Pharaoh multiple times and said, God said, let my children go. And each time Pharaoh said, no, you can't go. 
And as his heart continued to be hardened, uh, it was upon that last plague that Pharaoh finally said, okay, fine, go. Go for anything, before anything else happens, go. And so Moses went to Israel, and he is preparing them to leave uh, Egypt. And he's preparing them in a very special way. Um, as we come to chapter 13, uh, is where we find Moses preparing uh, the people to leave Egypt. And I want to pick up and just point out a few things uh, of what is taking place here um, as, as Moses is trying to lead them out. He says in verse number 3, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be eaten. This day ye are out in the month a bib. And so one of the things, if we are going to uh, see our faith increased, and we're going to have a greater faith, one of the things that is necessary as we prepare for these types of things is we have to remember what God is doing today. Amen? Too often we focus all of our time on what has happened in the past. And I'm not against the past. I think we learn much from the past. We're looking at the past today, aren't we? We can learn much from the past, but too often we spend so much time looking at the past that we neglect to see what God is doing today. What is God going to do today? And Moses is preparing them. He says, remember this day, this day in which he came out of Egypt. Now, one of the things he's telling them there, and you'll see throughout Scripture... Again, the importance of history. Because multiple times, the Bible, God Himself speaking uh, to Israel throughout the Scripture, reminds them of this day. He says, remember the day your fathers came out of Egypt. And they passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. Look, history is important, but in order to have and make history, we have to pay attention to what is happening today and we have to have faith today knowing that God is able look at verse number five if you will it says and it shall come and it shall be rather when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey that thou shalt Keep this service this month. And so it's not just remembering what God is doing today, but knowing what God is capable of doing. Not just today, but in the future. He says, we're going to leave Egypt today, and we're going to walk out of here, and we're going to go to a place that God has promised. And so we got to know that God is able and then he says in verse number 8, if you'll look there, he says, And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done. This is done because of, which, of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. 
And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth, for with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And so we have here again, knowing not only that God is able, but we must be willing to share with others what God has done. You see this? God, Moses is saying, they haven't left Egypt yet. But he says, this is the day. This is the day that God's going to do this. You need to mark it down. You need to be prepared. He says, you need to rehearse this and remember what God is doing today, knowing that God is able to take you where he said he would, but then you also must be willing to share that faith with others because that faith eventually becomes sight. Amen? Amen. All of this is in faith right now of what God is going to do and what God is going to do this day. But he says, you've got to share this with others. And then in verse number 11, the Bible says, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee to, and to thy fathers, and give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix or the womb, and every firstling that come of a beast which thou hast, uh, which thou hast the males, shall be the Lord's, and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. The firstborn of man among all thy children shalt thou redeem. Again, not only must you be willing to share uh, with others, but you also must be willing and prepared to praise God for what he has done. Are you ready to praise God? We, we, we sang a song just a moment ago, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. One of the things that Moses is saying to the children of Israel, God is going to do something big. God is going to lead us and give us what He has promised, and we need to be prepared ahead of time to give thanks. To give thanks. So He's, he's preparing them in this. He's saying, don't forget this. Uh, then in verse number 14, it says, And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come. What is this? Thou shalt say unto him, By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out, of, out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast, Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the metrics, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. It shall be for a token upon thine hand and for frontlets between thine eyes, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. We must never forget what only God can do by His strength. I'm giving you this very fast because I want you to see what is happening here as we prepare to see what's going to take place at the Red Sea. Not only do we remember what God is doing today, but we also remember what God did yesterday uh, within this. He says, they're going to ask, what is this? What does this mean? What is this all about? 
We've got to be ready to give an answer. And then in verse number 20, I want you to see the Scripture says, And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillow, pillar sorry, of fire by night from before the people. What we must understand is by faith, by faith we must trust that God will lead us in the way. That's what he did here. And chapter 13 is this preparation time for Israel. Uh, Moses is leading the children, but they haven't left yet. And Moses is getting them prepared, and he's wanting them to understand that all of this that's going to happen is going to be done because God did it. May it not be said that Moses has done this. God, and I just, I, as a matter of fact, I just said it, Moses led them out of, the, out of Egypt. Uh, really, God led them out, amen? He just used Moses as a mouthpiece to let the children of Israel know what God was doing. Lest it be mistaken that Moses would be the one leading them that way. No, God led them by day and by night. And now is when we come to chapter 14. As the people of Israel have gone, they've left Egypt, they've gotten there. Pharaoh's army is closing in. Because Pharaoh changed his mind. If you look at chapter 14 and verse number 1, the Scripture says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before uh, Pi-Hathara, between Migdol and the sea over against Baal Zephon, before, it shall, before ye, it shall ye camp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. They did so. They went and they went everywhere that God said to go, and they went. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. He made ready his chariot and his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt, the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued after the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them. And all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen, his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea. Verse number 11, I want you to see what happens. As they said to Moses, uh, or go back to verse number 10 rather, he says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians march after them. 
And they were sore afraid. The children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. We'll stop there for sake of time. We'll pick up uh, here in just a moment because I want to make a few introductory comments here. As we consider this morning this faith, the faith that Moses had is what I like to refer to as a Red Sea kind of faith. And you'll hopefully take notice of what that means here in just a moment, but I want to preach in, along those lines this morning on that topic, a Red Sea kind of faith. What does that mean? You have it? Do I have it? Can we have a Red Sea kind of faith? Well, we'll see here in just a moment. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, you have been so, so good to us. God, in all of these uh, years of faithful service to you here at Bailey Road Baptist Church, Father, we ask this morning as we have gathered here and as we look at your word and we consider all that you have done, but Father, also may we not miss what you want to do today in our lives what you want to speak to us about. You've spoken to us many, many times before. But God, we beg of you and ask of you that you would speak to us once again today and that we would not miss it. And Father, that we might look ahead to what you might do in our midst, what you will do in our midst that which is best for your church and your people. Help us in this, that we might develop in our lives a similar type of faith that Moses is described to us have had when he stood by the Red Sea. God, help us in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in these two chapters here, at least through the uh, 12th verse of chapter 14 and through chapter 13, uh, Moses had to prepare the children of Israel. He said, today we're leaving. And they said, okay. Now remember, uh, before this time though, Moses still had to prepare the children of Israel. He had to go to them and tell them, God wants you to leave. Now remember also, one of the reasons that they were being led out of Egypt is because they had been whining and crying because of their burden. When God first came to Moses, the thing that he said to Moses was, I have heard the cry and the plea of the people. Their burden has been shown to me. 
and I'm going to do something about it, and I'm going to lead them out of Egypt. Well, Moses not only had to get Pharaoh on board to get them to get out of Egypt, but he also had to get Israel on board. Well, once he had everybody on board, we come to chapter 13, and Moses says, all right, today's the day. And everybody's excited. Everybody's good to go. Everybody's glad to be leaving the enslaved work that they had been doing in Egypt. And so they go. So they go. And God tells Moses, Pharaoh's going to change his mind. He's going to come after you. And when he comes after you, you need to understand something. All of Egypt is going to know that I am the Lord. He didn't tell him what he was going to do. He didn't tell him how he was going to do it. All he told Moses was, they're going to know that I am the Lord. And for Moses, that's all he needed to know. The day comes. Pharaoh's coming in. His army is with him. And, And you can imagine the sight of Pharaoh's army. I mean, at this time of history, Egypt's probably the most powerful country on the planet. You could imagine the chariots and the, uh, the dust coming off of their, uh, their wheels as they were coming in hot after the Israelites. And I can imagine not just that sight, but I can also imagine the fright of the Israelites. I don't want to take anything away from the Israelites as, as they stopped and they said, eh, we're dead. They are going to kill every one of us because that is what they do. And they looked and they cried out to God and then they looked to Moses and they said, didn't we tell you this would happen? Did you bring us out here simply to let us die because there weren't enough graves in Egypt for us all to die? Is that why? Now, again, that's a very natural response. I can understand that response, can't you? Unless you have faith. Unless you have faith, and not just any type of faith, but a Red Sea kind of faith. Because look in verse number 13. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still. Okay. Hold on a second. Whenever anybody says, don't be afraid or fear not, it's usually because somebody's afraid, right? And how many of you know, simply by saying, don't be afraid, usually does not calm people's fear, right? It usually does not. If anything, it says, you're crazy. But Moses, he says, look, don't be afraid. And stand still. Hold on a second. I've got somebody chasing after me. Standing still is not what I want to do. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take off. I'm ready to at least swim for it. But you want me to not be afraid? And you want me to simply stand still? Moses, you've lost your mind. But he says something after this. That is of utmost importance. Because if that's all that Moses had said, then they probably could have said, Moses, you're crazy. But look, he says, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. 
For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Okay. Okay, it's a little more, a little bit more to it here, isn't it? You see, this statement in verse number 13 and verse number 14 is a statement of complete and utter faith. Faith. Now, the first thing I want you to see about a Red Sea kind of faith is that a Red Sea kind of faith is not where faith begins. It's not where faith begins. Moses' faith, we looked at earlier and last week, and we read in the verses in Hebrews for uh, an undertaking, Moses' faith began a long time before they were standing at the Red Sea. Long time before that. It actually began in his parents when they hit him. It began in Moses as he grew and found out, you know, hey, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm a little different. But that faith did not begin simply when they came to the Red Sea and they wanted to know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? We're all going to die. Moses said, no, don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't worry. What, what brought Moses to that place? It was all of the previous amounts of faith that Moses had established a working of God in his life. I ask you something this morning. You have an established working of God in your life. Have you seen God work before? Look, if you're here this morning and you're saved and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you have established a moment of God moving and working in your life. That's where it begins is that salvation. But that faith can grow and that faith can move beyond that to see the magnificentness of God. Moses could see it while the children of Israel could not. Faith is often progressive. Faith is something that is exercised. Uh, it's something that is, is, needs to be, if we're going to have it when we're standing in the moments at the Red Sea, it is something that needs to be consistent in your life. Consistent in your life. Again, it wasn't just one day God led Israel to the Red Sea and said, okay, here we go. No, this is, again, this is a Red Sea moment. A Red Sea moment. Norm, can I ask you a question? You a high, a tightrope walker? No. Would you be willing to try it? Not at all. I mean, not even, I mean, not, not even just a little bit. Not even curious at all of what it would be like. Are your hands sweating right now? Because mine are, even just thinking about it. Anybody in here? Tightrope walker? Hundreds of feet in the air? Anybody willing to try? Any daredevils? Not one person? Some of you are just being, being bashful, I think. If there's a net. There's no net. There's no net. Anyone at all. You say, I think I got this. Anyone? 
Brother Keith? If there's an Egyptian army behind him, he says, I'll be willing to take that step. All right, so Norm, let me ask you this. If I got a rope out this morning and stretched it from right here all the way back to the sound booth, would you be willing to walk the rope? Yeah. It's on the ground. No, it's on the ground, but it's just right here, but you can't step anywhere else. You've got to step on the rope every time. You'd try that, wouldn't you? How many thinks Norm can do that? How many thinks he's going to fail? <laughs> yeah, your, your grandsons are raising their hand. <laughs> They're all over it. They're like, no, he's not going to do that. But you might even be willing to try that here with your eyes closed. Right? No? Okay, he's like, you've gone too far. Uh, I'm not even willing to try with my eyes closed. Uh, but I think you could. You know, I mean, you go there and you just kind of feel the rope. You could, you could feel it here with your eyes closed, and you might fall, but you can get back up. Maybe. Now, if we raised that rope six inches, said the same thing. Anybody else willing to try? Six inches. Okay, we got a couple more. Anybody else? It's just six inches off the ground. All the way down. It's okay if you fail. Anybody else willing? Brother Marty, you good? Six inches? He's good, no. John's good? Okay. Again, the higher we go, the more faith it takes, doesn't it? I mean, it's easy. We'd probably line up one by one if it's on the ground all the way down. Then maybe if we saw someone else take that six inches and watch them do it and be in amazement, oh, they did it. Somebody else might say, well, I'm willing to try that. We raise it up another six inches. Now we're at a foot. Two or three people accomplish it. I think I can do that. Look, faith does not begin usually at the Red Sea moments of life. It usually begins at the simple. Because faith is usually all about obedience to God. It's all about obedience. Now, I want you to see, as faith does not usually begin at the Red Sea, it begins before that, and we must develop that in our lives. I want you to see, secondly, that a Red Sea kind of faith is a faith that is going to be challenged. Now, look, when they first started and God said to Moses, I want you to go here, and I want you to go here, and I want you to end up here and wait. They had no problem, did they? They had no problem at all. They did it. And now they're there, they've camped out, they're right by the Red Sea. Because they had faith. They walked the rope. But now it's being challenged, isn't it? And in the moment that faith is challenged, there's doubt. There's wonder. There's a, why did you bring us here? Look, you need to be prepared within your Christian life as you walk through to know that your faith is going to be challenged. Doubt will still plague your mind when you have a Red Sea kind of faith. 
It'll still be there. And again, we have to understand that when we have that doubt and when we have that time that our faith is being challenged, we must remember that God does not bring us to the moments of the Red Seas of our life for us to go back where we were. He doesn't. He didn't bring Israel here for, for, for Pharaoh and his army to come and capture them and take them back to Egypt. That's not why he brought them there. Now, if you'll notice as they go on, the Lord says to Moses in verse number 15, He says, Wherefore criest unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Not backwards, forwards. The problem is there's nowhere to go forwards. There's no way. I mean, you, you can, an uh, average person can swim, you know, several hundred feet and be fine. And if you add adrenaline to that, uh, it, it, they could probably go even further. But you're not going to cross a sea that way. Especially with the amount of people that they had. It just wouldn't happen. And so, they have this challenge, but God says, tell Israel... I want them to go forward. Forward. He says, but as you tell them, in verse number 16, he says, Lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Hold on a second. <laughs> Moses had this conversation with God a few few weeks before this, when God said, Moses, what is that in your hand? Moses said, a rod. And God said, well, cast that rod down. Cast it down. Now remember, a Red Sea kind of faith doesn't begin at the Red Sea. It begins much earlier in the journey. God said, Moses... Take the rod that's in your hand and lift it up to the sea and divide it. Do you see this Red Sea kind of faith that Moses had? It was simple. I'm going to lift my rod and I'm going to divide the sea. Because God said so. Because he had already established weeks before that God can do anything that God wants to do. The Lord said in verse 17, Behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh his chariots, upon his horsemen. The angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And check this out. 
And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these. So that one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back a strong east wind all that night and made the dry sea land, and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea, upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. I'm not exactly sure how I've ignored this for many years. But I never really took notice that when Israel crossed through the Red Sea, it was nighttime to them. Now, we know it was daytime before because they could see the Egyptians. The Egyptians knew where they were. But God said, I'm going to make it dark so that they can't see what's going on. Sometimes a Red Sea kind of faith has to move forward in the darkness. Now look, this was not a time when they had a whole lot of light. They didn't have cars with bright lights. They had just enough light to see what was in front of them. It's different traveling at night than day, isn't it? This last week we took a trip for a few days and, and drove over to Vermont about seven, eight hours away. We left uh, on Sunday evening and drove pretty much through the night most of the time. And uh, as we got into, uh, of course, we drove through uh, Ohio and through Pennsylvania. By the time we got to uh, New York, it was dark. It was nighttime. And uh, we, we were just kind of driving, and uh, we were driving on the highway, and not a lot of exits on the particular highway we were on. And, uh, and, and so we, we kept thinking at one point, Asher, uh, he says, hey, I've got to go to the restroom. And I said, okay, I'll stop at the next exit. And the next exit didn't have anything on it. And so we went to the next exit. There was nothing there. And uh, it probably took 40, 45 minutes to find an exit that had something on it. And uh, so we, we stopped, and then we got back on and continued driving. And, and about 1.30 in the morning, we finally reached our destination. And uh, as we did, though, we were getting into some of the mountainous uh, ranges of Vermont. And uh, as we drove through, they, of course, they've put in the, the rumble strips in the middle of the road. How many of you appreciate those? Uh, I, I, I do, and uh, I, I suppose I do. I mean, it lets you know, hey, you're over too far. And uh, you're coming around a curve, and you know the speed limit's 45, and uh, you're coming around, and yeah, you have a tendency when uh, you're first driving on unfamiliar territory to hit the rumble strips some. And if you're married, if you're married, you know that the rumble strips are not the only thing that's going to let you know that you're going over too far. So I had the rumble strips on my left, and I had my wife on my right, and, uh, but it was, it was nighttime. 
And I had my headlights on and I knew where I was. And there was something about traveling, though, at night that we missed a whole lot of what was going on. We had no idea where we were. We pulled into our destination and we checked into our room and pretty much went right to sleep. We unpacked a few things and, and, and went to sleep. And then we got up the next morning and we were going to go on our journey and, and go on our adventure. And we, we walked outside. And the first thing, uh, when we pulled out of the drive of the hotel where we were staying, we looked and we just, we stopped and we, we took in the magnificence of God's creation. It's beautiful. And for hours, we missed all of that. But during the daytime, we could see it all. It, it, was, it was truly spectacular, and everywhere we went was just beautiful, and, and, and we saw all kinds of things that we missed in the dark. Now, don't mind you, we got there fine. We had lights in front of us that we could see the road and we could see where we were going, but we could not see the magnificence of God that was going on around us. God made the day night. You know, sometimes that happens in our lives spiritually, doesn't it? Oh, it's daytime, and I know it's almost noon, and it should be daylight outside, but... It's dark. And sometimes, spiritually in our lives, it gets dark when it should be daylight. We must go forward. Now, they didn't have zero light. They had enough light for them to see. They had enough light for them to see, and they walked through where they could see. You see, we don't always have the luxury of traveling in the daytime. We don't always see all that God is doing around us. We don't always see it. But I want you to know something. God is always at work. Even when you don't see Him working, He's always at work. They crossed through on dry ground, and I think they could see that dry ground, and they just took one step in front of the other, in front of the other, until they got to the other side. And yet there's a wall of sea on this side. There's a wall of sea on that side that I don't know if they could see it or not. And I know sometimes in my life, when it comes time for God to say, move forward, and move forward by faith, it's nighttime, and I don't get to see all of God's wondrous works around me and how He's orchestrating things for me to be able to move forward by faith. See, doing that in your life, see, doing that in your life, again, a Red Sea kind of faith is not the kind that starts there. A Red Sea kind of faith is a faith that's going to be challenged. You're going to have to move forward. A Red Sea kind of faith is one that you're going to have to move forward sometimes in darkness. But can I say, lastly this morning, a Red Sea kind of faith is the kind of faith that seeks for God to be glorified. 
It seeks for God to be glorified. God had already said the Egyptians would know that He is God. In verse number 23, it says, And the Egyptians pursued. And they went after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of the fire, a fire in the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the, and the sea returned his strength. And the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned, covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. The waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Look at verse 31. And Israel saw that great work which God did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. When it was nighttime, they, they just kept walking. They kept moving forward. The Egyptians followed. When the daylight came, the Egyptians figured out it was God. Imagine that sight, if you will. They've just, they've just been following the path along in the journey. It's nighttime. That's what you do. They all missed what God was doing, and they couldn't see. They, they they thought they had it figured out. They thought they were going to catch Israel. They thought, oh, we've got this. Then the daylight came. And they saw God's fighting for them. They looked. What has happened? This is God. God told Moses, put your hand down, put your hand up, rather, stretch it over the sea, let it go back. Israel, experienced at the Red Sea, caused them three reactions. And a Red Sea kind of faith will give you 
some reactions. The first thing is their faith became sight. They were at the Red Sea with nowhere to go. They asked Moses, why? They cried out to God, what are you going to do? Moses, why are we here? Did you bring us out here to kill us? God told Moses, well, of course not. Tell him to go forward. He made it dark, spread the sea, divided the sea. They walked through on dry ground as they walked by faith. Just enough to see ahead of them. As they stood on the other side, the daylight was not just for the Egyptians, it was also for Israel. And their faith became sight, which caused them, secondly, to fear God. Because there was no mistake that God had done what only God could do at the Red Sea. And they feared Him. They believed God and His messenger. They said, okay. We believe. Amazing. So amazing that we hear some four, 4,200 years later, roughly, still talking about it. Think about that. We're still talking about Israel crossing through on dry ground through the Red Sea because God delivered them of only what God can do. Let me ask you something. You have a Red Sea kind of faith? That you can come to a Red Sea moment in your life where you say there is nothing else that can happen here except God. That you believe Him? You move forward? Step by step by faith. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a Red Sea kind of faith. But I'm going to tell you something. Most of us will never experience a Red Sea kind of faith as we refuse to start back here with simple steps of faith and to progress our faith. It's just a fact. We'll never experience it because we can't get past over here. What if Moses had never picked up that snake that his rod turned into? He probably never would have made it to the Red Sea. Some of you can't get past the snake. You've got to get past it. You have to develop a working of God in your life if you want to see God work in your life in the Red Sea moments. Because it's going to take a Red Sea-sized faith. Yes, it is. May we have it in our lives when it comes to that. I'll have every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.